And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. From The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. Hello everybody and welcome back for another Hogan Johns. This sounds different, right? This is Johns, not Hogue. Where the heck is Hogue? Um, Hogue is not here for this show, everybody. Um, He has his reasons why. He will be back soon and we'll let him tell you later what's going on. But I'm here and I am not alone. can't do this alone. I have our man, the fish man here. Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. What's up, Kev? What's up, John Z? You know, uh, I, I'm thinking about sandbagging my performance because I don't want Hogue to feel like he gets Wally pipped out here today. Ooh. You know, so I'm going to I'm gonna just keep it cool, keep it calm, let you run the show. I don't want Hogue to feel any kind of, uh, you know, nervousness about anything. Just it's just consider this my Tuesday guest spot extended slightly for a full hour but kev when you have talent talent is talent right just kind of just takes over you can't help yourself if you have a good show that's true that's true we'll 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 see what happens we'll see what the listeners think all right we all know today is a big day in this country as well if you're listening and you haven't voted yet go do it i did it about a week ago kev you probably did about a month ago uh yeah probably probably three three weeks ago four weeks ago or so and, and I got confirmation that my vote was uh, received yes, by the me, clerk's office me too so, me too um, all simple good. process all good so if you're listening go out and vote uh, it's an important day in this country um, it's also a big day in the NFL Kev NFL trade line day deadline day huh yeah uh, I I'm I'm curious if it's going to be anticlimactic um, but. Uh, it's a weird, right, Johns? Because if you trade for someone today, he's not going to be able to play for you until week 10. So that might take some of the urgency out of it. But you also have a lot of really urgent teams that have needs that are, you know, they see next year's declining salary cap. They see, you know, a head coach has already been fired and GM has already been fired. You know, they see what's going on. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Bears are involved in that. Yeah, yeah. Now, we should mention that we're doing this podcast uh, a few hours before the trade deadline. So if you're listening to it after the trade deadline, you know, the Bears may have a new player. I, I don't expect them to to make a big splash, uh, but you never know with Ryan Pace. Uh, one interesting note, I, I think, about the whole deadline conversation, Fishman, is how many bad god awful teams there are this year like the whole nfc east should be selling but you know one probably wants to be a buyer because someone's got to win that division yeah that's funny too because you, you look at those records and you're right they should all be uh fire sale but uh yeah it was is it the eagles they're the they're the first place team which i got folks confused on twitter earlier because so there's this report that the nfl could expand to eight playoff teams if if they lose games due to covid and right now your Chicago Bears, the number eight seed in the NFC, but by record they, they shouldn't be. But the Eagles get slotted ahead of them because they're the leaders of the NFC East, also known as this year's dumpster fire division. Um, all right, I got to get the basics out of out of the way, Kev. I'm not used to doing this. Again, we miss Adam Hogue. He's the one who usually gives this whole 
rundown of things. And he will be back, everybody. Don't worry. He will be back soon. But you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Johns. You can follow Kevin, the Fishman, at K Fishbane. It's B-A-I-N. Our producer, Kent Garrison, is here. You can follow him on Twitter, too, at Kent Garrison, just the way it sounds. Please be sure to subscribe to The Athletic. If you're not, please do. You can do that at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Where Kev, you could subscribe. So where you can subscribe for one dollar a week. That's a steal, I have to say. Yeah, great deal. And going back to what you said about the trade deadline, Mr. Adam Johns, if the Bears make a move, our listeners know they can head out, head to the Athletic, the app, the website, and get our instant analysis and breakdown. So the deal with the podcast right now is one dollar a week. Be sure to check that out if you're not subscribing yet. Kevin's got his all twenty-two. Up there right now, I have my breakdown of the Cleo Mack trade. Why not? It's trade deadline day. Let's let's revisit that. I charted that for you. Spent a lot of time working with our editor, Lauren Commodore, on that project. So please check that out. You can read that while you listen right now. All right, Kev. So this is what we're going to do today. It's tough to talk about the, the trade deadline because everything's kind of up up in the air. They can make a move now. They can make a move later. So I want to open this up to the to the listeners, to the fans. We're at the halfway point. The Bears are 5-3. and three. We put a bunch of questions out there on Twitter. Got a bunch of responses. But first, Kev, this is good for you. We got to put a bow on the Bears' big loss to the Saints. Are you ready for the voicemails? Hit me, John. It's one of my favorite uh, times of the week. Let's do it, Kent. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Boys, it's Pop Zabrowski's here calling in from Soldier's Field, and I am uh, officially reporting that Mitch Trubisky saw a snap at quarterback today. It was uh, pretty incredible, pretty impressive stuff there, and I like what I see. I like uh, Coach Nagy. He's... Uh, is getting uh, more creative with at least it looks like it so far and you know my little mind uh, recalls a time that coach uh, was talking about a story and about how Mitch coming back overcoming adversity makes a little bit of a good story well here we are act three here we go with Mitch making that story coming back in let's go we got Bears uh, 34 to 12 in honor of the late great Walter Payton and uh, go Bears bear down Super Bowl Super Mitch we got it. Dual quarterback threat. Let's go, Bears. Yeah, baby. That's the offense we've been looking for. Bear down. Just threw my entire life savings on Bears over nine and a half points per half. Never a doubt, boys. Big Nick. Let's go. Let's finish this game off. Let's go, Bears. I don't know who made the initial mistake, but for Nick Foles to just take a delay of game on third and four, having zero clue what the play clock was at, I mean, it's just inexcusable. This is why Trubisky got benched for mistakes like this. I mean, this is... They build you up to drop you down. Disgusting, disgusting. There's nothing left to say. Undisciplined, disgusting football. Hey, first time caller, long time listener. I just gotta say, I don't understand Matt Nagy. All I've heard all season is, hey, Nick Foles is the guy because he knows the offense better, but. He's missing just as many open receivers as Trubisky. I'm literally watching as he's throwing to the other team every game, it seems like. And then on top of that, one of the biggest knocks against Trubisky is they say he misses the guy that's running the route he's locked on to. Or uh, he hits the guy he's locked on to, but he misses there's a guy running a different route. Foles is doing the same thing. He does it every game. Why? Why do you do this to us every week? Why does it come down to the last quarter? And Mooney just scored a touchdown. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know why this always happens every single week. Team is exactly who we thought they were. A bunch of frauds. The McCaskies need to sell this team immediately. Nick Foles is bad. Hey, Hogan John. 
I don't understand why you people never call out Nagy in his coaching scheme. I don't understand. What are they going to do? Fire you? Call out Nagy for the horrendous coach that he is. He's a failure. So you're telling me Matt Nagy gives up on Mitch after one pick and one bad game, but Nick Foles can play like hot garbage and he gets to keep his job. Come on. That's right. Troy got it right. Carlos Santos hitting that 51-yarder. Let's see it. this game go to overtime. Bear down. Get Mitch back in the game. We can't block anyone, and we have a guy that moves worse than my dead grandfather. Hey, how much money are Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, and Akeem Hicks making this year? Uh, and how many sacks do they get tonight? Yeah, that's what I thought. This team is a f***ing joke. Fire Matt Nagy. Give me Mitch. Foles is trash. Bear down. I f***ing hate this team. I just, I just f***ing hate this team. I f***ing hate this franchise. I hate this clown of a GM. This micromanaging asshole of a head coach who just can't get out of his own ass. Who just... Just sell the f***ing team, man. Sell them. Sell the f***ing team. Move, move to another f***ing state so I can just not have to worry about this bullshit. We gotta start Mitch. I mean, it's clear as day we have to start him. I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't. Every single year we don't have a quarterback. Every f***ing year. I am so f***ing pissed right now. Every year, Bulls is complete and utter trash. We pay $20 million for shit. For shit. Hey man, as you can tell, I'm pretty much uh, bummed out, but let's hope for a decent game against the Titans, but that's it. What? I'm optimistic next week, but shit, that was hard to watch at that no team the offense. Go Bears. I just might have to say my new favorite might be the guy with his wife or girlfriend in the back. What are you doing? <laughs> Honey, I'm calling Ogan Johns, the voicemail line. Yeah, that's that's a great conversation to have to explain that. That's Hogan Johns. It's a podcast. It's a Bears podcast. They have this voicemail line. I got to call them because the Bears get, stink. Oh, I got to get this off my chest. Oh, there was a lot to, to, to get through there. Another roller coaster game. Uh, Kev looked so good, so early. And then, <laughs> and then that third quarter from hell struck. You broke it down for the athletic. Just, uh, man, I... It's going to take a couple weeks. Like, if they struggle against the Titans, like, that third quarter could have a, a pretty lasting impact, I think, on at least this next stretch of games. And they still almost won. I mean, that's like, I just kept coming back to that as I, as I chronicled the third quarter. And I think Hogue did a similar thing for NBC Sports Chicago. I just kept, I was reading through everything that happened that third quarter. And then I was like, wait a second. After all of that, they went to overtime and stopped the Saints on the first possession and got a first down. And then you had the two drops by Miller and Graham in the sack, and that was that. They had a chance. They fight. I really thought it was going to be a tie, and I thought it deserved to be a tie because, I mean, let's be honest. The Saints, I mean, that was that, that was not a very that, – that's not the Saints team we've come to know. Um, and Alvin Kamara is fantastic, but that was – that was about, and Taysom Hill is pretty good. But I really, I, I was hoping for a tie, Johnson, because I looked it up. The Bears have not had a tie since 1972. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool to, to write about <laughs> write about a tie. I would have, I, 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 I want a Bears tie. I hate tie. ties in football. I really hate I, ties in football. Oh, I think it's the dumbest thing in the world they allow ties. But I just, I, I just would have been fascinated by the reaction. Like, what do you do? How do you react when you tie? <laughs> What would the voicemail line be like after a tie? You just don't feel good. You don't know how to react. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the voicemail line should have, yeah, th- there would have been a whole separate segment for the, the tie calls that, that what came in. So, But, hey, Kev, the Bears are 5-3. and three. It may feel like 3-5, and five, but they are 5-3 and three at the halfway point. I think a lot of fans would have taken this. If you told them at the beginning of this year they'll be 5-3 and three halfway through the season, you think they would have taken it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I mean, we all knew the September schedule was a little easier, but still, five and three after what happened last year. Yeah, Absolutely. you take that. Yeah, yeah. You take that. And, and I'll say this too, Johns. If you said five and three with the current offensive numbers that are quite offensive, ooh, 
uh, I think a lot of people would gladly take five and three with those numbers. So before we get to everybody's questions, I had an, an assignment for the fish man here. I asked him for his number one reason to be excited about the five and three bears and the number one reason not to be or to be concerned about the five and three bears. So Kev, what have you? I think this defense still has a couple 2018 games in them. And I think, and I understand all the gripes about the defense and and they are understandable, but you think Eddie Jackson almost had that pick. Roquan Smith almost had that pick as close as Robert Quinn has gotten to a sack over and over again. And Cleo Mack, you know, that balls on the ground from Drew Brees. Well, if somebody dives on it, I, I just think that they're, that there's going to be a game or two that you're like, ah, yes, I remember the 2018 Bears, the the fun celebrations, the pick sixes. It's coming. I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel that way last year. It just was different. I think this team has a chance to to put that together. Like they're just, it's just a weird defense when you run the numbers and you watch them. They give up big plays, but they shut you down at the most crucial times in the game. I just think it's coming, and it might be more than one game. Eddie Jackson looks increasingly closer to making that happen too. Yeah, he got his touchdown the other week, but that uh I thought he had that one in overtime there. Read it perfectly like like that is a I want to say classic because he's only been he's only been in the league for a few years, but that's an Eddie Jackson play. Sits back, reads, kind of baits the quarterback and breaks in the ball with aggression and speed. Thought he had it. Yeah, I thought so too. And you know, Akeem Hicks was asked after the game, you know, if, if the pressure wasn't good enough, and he actually said, "I thought the pressure was fine." And you go back and watch it, Johnson. Look, the, the Saints throughout Drew Brees' career have done a great job keeping him upright. Like that, that guy is built to keep you from getting near him. And I thought the Bears for them, you know, did a decent job. And it's not good enough when you don't sack the guy, you don't hit him, you don't create turnovers. But they're there. Like I just think that one of these games is just going to all come together for them. Um, and, and I think they might have a couple of those left. So that, that I think gives you some reason for excitement. And how about the pessimism? I just don't know if there is any more you can get from Nick Foles. I, I think there are certain... <laughs> so, yeah, go. I, I just... I, look... What I did for the All-22 this week, which you could check out at The Athletic, is I took the seven best plays of the game. You know what? It's going to be a week, you know, just in the world. And if you're a Bears fan, it's going to be a week. It's been several decades. I just want to give someone, some folks some uplifting stuff. There were some positives. The bomb to Mooney, the touchdown to A-Rob, the David Montgomery 38-yard run, the, the Anthony Miller having a good game. The, the, there are little things that you can see. And I think Cole Komet eventually is going to get there. But I just don't have the confidence that you know, Nick Foles is not a 23-year-old rookie. Like This guy's been in the league. We know who he is. And that's been five starts now. And you still have the delay game. You still you have thro- throwing off his back foot. Um, you know, I know we'll get into some of the quarterback questions later. But I, I, that would be my reason con- for concern. I'm not sure how high you can raise the Nick Foles ceiling at this point for the second half of the season. I think he is a typical, he is who he is, and, and there could be some nice moments from him throughout a game, um, but I think you've got to give him a lot of help. I'd argue we haven't even seen the f- potential floor yet. Yeah. Does that make That's sense? It. Like, like It's a great call, yeah. We haven't had that, and it's been close, that, that awful three-pick game with a pick six in there. Like We've had a, a couple... Cringeworthy interceptions, like there were nearly two of them against the Saints, and he's had other throws like that. So I, I would, I would argue, potentially worse, maybe. Now you know the schedule does lighten up a bit, but definitely something to think about. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Kev, I got a lot of different questions. I, I kind of, let me say this first. I kind of ignored some of the, the trade uh, 
trade ones because, again, we're recording this in the middle of all the phone calls GMs, I, uh, I am sure, they, they are making. So uh, we don't want to make this, we don't want to outdate this podcast before it's even released. So I kind of put those in the back burner a bit. But I did kind of separate these questions into, right, let's call them the genres, right? The first one, go figure, Nagy and the quarterbacks. A lot to discuss here. Uh, this is some of the stuff you brought up in the voicemails. This is where the passion is, Kev. So let's let's get going. This is from at Chicago CLNH on Twitter. Let me read. Trubisky led the NFL with the most completions of 50-plus yards by air distance in 2018. The last pod, you two said, Adam Hogue, we miss you. Mitch wouldn't have hit Mooney. Referencing the Saints game, how much confidence from Nagy and Mitch versus Nick have you have with the long passes by air? It appears Nagy gets all over Mitch when he misses, but not Nick. That's a great question. I think it comes down to a fundamental analysis I've noticed, Johns, which is that have you noticed that we, as in the people who cover the team, and a lot of this comes from what we hear from the team, there's been a heightened emphasis on the run game the play calling, and the offensive line. But when Mitch Trubisky is the quarterback, there's a high emphasis on Mitch Trubisky. And, and, and I understand it, and I get it, and I should put this disclaimer out there for all of my answers today. I am not saying there should be a quarterback change. I just think that the coaching staff just has so much more trust, and maybe it could just be Matt Nagy and Nick Foles, that they are going to give him a much more benefit of the doubt than Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think back to that um, Foles missing a wide open Mooney in Tampa. You know, they they if they lose that game, do we talk about that play the way we talked about when Mitch Trubisky missed Taylor Gabriel against the Chargers last year? I don't know. I, I always I I always thought Mitch Trubisky when he first got here, the deep pass was one of his better tools in his toolbox. Um, I think it's something that declined, and you could argue though, John Z that that decline also seemed to coincide with the offensive line plays declining and the running game declining in 2019 and then into 2020. So it's hard. It's a chicken and the egg situation where I, I totally understand the question asker. Mitch Trubisky made a lot of you know pretty deep passes in 2018. The whole team was a lot better then. So I, I do think from an overall macro standpoint, Nick Foles is going to get more of the benefit of the doubt from his head coach than Mitch Trubisky did. Let me throw in this other question here quickly before I give my answer. They're kind of similar questions, but um, we'll just hear Carlos, Carlos Hernandez out here uh, with this question from Twitter. What is Matt Nagy seeing in Foles that in any way makes him believe he's performing better than Mitch could be? You're going to hit a couple deep shots here and there if you keep tossing them up. I've seen him miss just as many of those and some gimme throws and misreads just like 10. So again, what is Matt Nagy seeing in Foles in any way that makes him believe he's performing better than Mitch could be? Um, I want to go back to this this answer he had about Nick Foles' delay of game penalty on third and four in the third quarter against the, the Saints. It bothered me. It bothered me because Nagy seemed to give him a free pass, right? So if you're going to make that argument that they're being graded or viewed differently, like this is a good example for it. I don't know how you tolerate those things. Like I would actually argue you should tolerate it more with Trubisky being a younger quarterback instead of Nick Foles, Super Bowl winner, been in the league for almost a decade quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like to have third and four, to have Charles Leno get up out of his stance, turn around and yell, hurry up at you twice. So loud that everybody can hear it clearly on TV. Like, I understand you don't want to take a time out there because you want to conserve them. But just the fact that they were in that spot again, yes, I think it strengthens the argument that Trubisky and Foles are being viewed differently, at least by the guys in charge of evaluating him inside Hallis Hall. In the problem, too, Johns is is we didn't get a detailed explanation over who was at fault on that play. You know, it seemed evident that Ryan Null and Dave Montgomery were not necessarily in the right spots, and Nick Foles was trying to motion them into the right spots. Now, is that on Foles? Is that on Null? Is that on Montgomery? I don't know. Is that on Nagy? 
you know, again, we don't we don't know. And I'll go back to that that second question too that you explained. You know, why? What is it about Foles? I do think, and I will say this in Foles' defense, based on what we've heard from Nagy, and again, it's hard for us to know how accurate this is because we don't know the design of every play. My guess is that Nick Foles is making the right read much more often and more consistently than Mitch Trubisky. That was the issue, right? That Mitch was not throwing it to the players he should have been throwing it to, um, play after play after play. And I, I, I just wonder if in that in that light, you know, that is just so important to the head coach, making the right read. And if you make the right read and it doesn't pan out, hey, at least you made the right read. Let's figure out why you didn't make the throw. And that goes back, though, to the deep passes, though, right? Because Mitch Trubisky did make the right read on some of those deep balls last year. He just kept missing them, which is a physical thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tough. It, it really is. You know, I, I wonder... <laughs> I, I think John's just helps me a little bit when I cover the team, and I don't know if this is going to help the fans. Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback as long as he's healthy. Can yeah. we agree on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I and, and you you did a great job kind of laying out the scenario about it uh, at the Athletic this week about you know what has to be done for Nagy to consider Mitch Trubisky. But I thought his his answer to your question it's evident. Like this is I think if you start from the, if you go from that starting point as you watch this team. You know, and again, I understand that that's a tough thing to do. Um, like, this is just the guy that they they have the trust in that he's going to make the right reads, but he just might not make the right plays. Yeah, it would be a remarkable change of heart if they went back to Mitch Trubisky. I, I but never say never. Foles is is now two and three in his five starts. Let's go through the pass ratings: five full, full games, right? 76.4, 83.7, 70.2, 66.8, 92.7 against the, the Saints. But if you consider what the Saints were, were averaging, you know, all year, I mean, heading into that game, the average pass rating against them was, you know, over 111. So it's just, I think where the frustration lies is you see, like, Nick Foles is making mistakes that aren't supposed to be made, like ones that Mitch Trubisky seemingly would make, right, and, and was benched for, Nick Foles is continuing to make. Like I, I think we all see it, right? Yeah, but it's the offensive line's fault. Ah, the run game's fault. The run game's fault. And, and I think you see it from the people who analyze the team that the, the, um, the criticism to Matt Nagy has gone up a lot. Right, I think we, yeah. we there was a lot of critiques of his play calling last year, but I think a lot of people fell back on well, there's only so much he can do when this guy's his quarterback. Well, now it's like, well, wait a second, this is the, your quarterback. This is the quarterback you wanted, and these are this is what's happening. So the criticism is also going up on him from us, not from obviously not necessarily um, from Matt Nagy, but it just it just shows you, you know, I, I every Tuesday I tweet out the offensive ranks uh, in the league, and. <laughs> Good news. I'm sure it's a popular tweet. It, I get ratioed a little bit. The good news, Johnsy, they are not last in any major category. <laughs> but the question is, how close to last? They're very close in several. Um, but what is so remarkable to me is you traded for Nick Foles, gave him a lot of money. You uh, you paid a lot of money for Jimmy Graham. You used a second round pick on Cole Komet. You changed your offensive coaching staff. And your offensive statistics are pretty much no different than they were last year. Not good. As John Fox would say, it's all a problem. I love that quote. I've used that so much lately. And I got to give Foxy some credit for, for, for that one. Um, all right. So good segue here for, to our next question from Popcorn Jacob on Twitter. Is Ryan Pace incredibly angry watching Nick Foles backpedal to throw interceptions and move like Mike Glennon waiting to get sacked. John Z, one of the fun things I like to do during when games are going a little bit awry is um, let's call it like uh, not fan fiction because I'm not a fan, but like uh, journalism fiction. Okay. The idea that what is Ryan Pace thinking? Like when he sees that Cole Komet is not getting the football, is he sitting in his box thinking, wait a second, I just spent a second round pick on this guy for your offense. Why aren't you getting the ball? And when he sees Nick Foles throw that interception, is he thinking, wait a second, I traded a compensatory fourth round pick and gave 
24 million guaranteed or 21 whatever it is and 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 this is this is your quarterback this is who you wanted like now the flip side is if you're Matt Nagy couldn't you say hey how come you didn't fix my offensive line this offseason or why is this why is this the best that you could get me in terms of my skill players or or what have you now i don't think this is maybe actually happening these two have a great relationship Matt Nagy said last week that these decisions are made, you know, very much in cohesion with each other. Um, but you know, again, I like to kind of play the play the mind games in my head in, in terms of if, if things were if things were to spiral, that would be what would happen. Is is, is you could theoretically create this world in which there is not animosity but a blame game between the two. Yeah, I don't think that's and I don't think that's happening at we've, all. We've seen that play out with with teams. In this yeah. city before, regardless of sport, like the Blackhawks just had an example of that where, where Stan Bowman won the infighting with Joel Quinville, right? Like we've, we've seen this play out with different teams before. Right now, there is no spiral or, or there's a little one going, but not like out of control spinning. You're getting sucked down the drain yeah. spiral. I, I think there are totally on the same page i don't i don't yes. we have we have not gotten any information to think otherwise again i'm just kind of playing some fun speculation with the question from our loyal listener to kind of consider it like i understand why that question's asked because i you, you can absolutely put yourself in a in a scenario where you think that is the way that the gm is thinking while he's watching this offense struggle i think the greatest misconception out there is that like ryan pace forced matt Nagy's hand to play mitch trubisky Early on this year, no. Look, look, the Matt Nagy was that that leash really short for Mitch? A- absolutely. Like they brought in Nick Foles because they were ready to move on. It was only a matter of time, right? Like something had to give, and that bad interception, like that was it. I understand that, but they've been working in tandem for a while. Like they, for the Bears, don't get comp picks, and for Brian Pace to give up a comp pick to go to the quarterback, knowing what that would mean. You know, to, to Mitch Trubisky and the whole conversation and just everything to the Bears. Like, he was willing to do that. He was willing to entertain the possibility of a benching or Mitch Trubisky losing it. So he was open minded. So, yes, great misconception out there that they're not in lockstep. They are. They are a tandem in this. So, if you're going to start pointing fingers, they're together on this. All right. Kev, I like this question. It's from our uh, good friend, Bob Dabrowski. Let's see if I could throw in a thick Chicago accent for this one. What hit? I can't do it. No, I, you don't have. You don't, don't have, have to work to. too hard. I just John got Z. it. Okay, you we'll, got we'll, it. we'll just go with the the usual tone here. What has happened to this team, offense in particular, having fun? What has happened to this team having fun? Where is Santa Slay and the Dabrowski double reverse deluxe? I don't know about that second play, um, but yeah, where is the fun? I think he's he's clearly referencing what happened in 2018. I think it was against the Saints that people were tweeting that A. Jackson was out on the field for an offensive play, then he came off, right? So it, it's there, but what's going on here, Kev? Dave Montgomery had a 38-yard run uh, on Sunday, and uh, after that play, Eddie Jackson was on the field. Sheldon Rankins got hurt. And then we hit the two-minute warning. Eddie Jackson came off the field. So we'll never know what could have been run on first and 10 from the 14. And that turned into a pretty important sequence, Johns, because they you know, they mustered three yards and had to kick a field goal. Not to say that Eddie Jackson might have been the answer there. Um, but you know, we asked Nagy about this last year, and he kind of was like, look, I can't even get my offense right. So how am I supposed to do... You know, not, It's like almost like those plays are a reward when you're playing well and things are working or it could be a this is our only way to you know like think about the Santa's sleigh play like that was like their only way they could score (laughs) against the Rams that night Um, but if you look at the sequence that led to Eddie Jackson coming on the field that was you know two possessions after the best drive of the year the four play 80 yard touchdown drive you had the Montgomery 38 yard run at that point Nagy's feeling really good he's like it's finally working we've got an offense going Let's let's run this play that we've kind of had in the back pockets first down from the 14, which is probably a perfect area for a play like that. Um, and then the two minute warning hit. Saints had some time to consider what was going on. And Nagy went around it. So I think you just need to see a scenario in which the offense is humming. And then maybe he'll go into the bag of tricks. But if the offense can't get their 
get their stuff together, then you know they don't they don't deserve to get have any of those fun plays going for them. No, and there's no signs that they're going to get it together anytime uh, soon. So yeah, we got a lot of questions about Nagy and the quarterbacks. I tried to pick the ones that hit on the the range of them uh, for a bit. Um, we did get some questions about some other guys. So Kev, let's go through this. Um, Pretty quickly, if we can. This is from J Mac on Twitter. Has Eddie Jackson been struggling? Does this need to be asked? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I think he's probably missed a couple tackles he wants back. We talked about the drop pick um, from Sunday, but I, you know, I think he's been around the ball. He obviously he's had a couple couple touchdowns called back. He had one touchdown that counted. Um, I think he's made a couple nice plays against the run. Nobody's throwing anywhere near him. Uh, he's a hard player to judge when the ball's not going his way. That all you have to judge is the missed tackles. If you're just kind of, you know, not watching every single play. But I, I have no concerns, Jones. I, th- I think he's had a very good season. I, frankly, I think at this point he's probably on on route to another Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think the big plays are coming. The signs are all there. They're coming. Another one. This is from Mama Bear Down. Mama Bear Down. I like that. Or Down Mama Bear. Depends what her going by the hashtag or the the handle or whatnot. Will Lamar Miller play? in the near future? And what would he bring to the table that could help us bring points on the board? I have a, I have a gripe, Johns. The, the head ball coach of the Chicago Bears has talked up Lamar Miller. So we have been led to believe that we are going to get Miller time at some point. And it has not happened yet. It's been, what, four weeks? Mm-hmm. So we keep getting these questions, which are good questions, because like... You know, you would think that it'd be, you know, for these head coaches who are so calculated in what they say, that he would not talk up or build up somebody and they wouldn't waste a, a, a practice squad spot on someone who they never expected to play. So I just keep my answer to this question each week has been like, at some point, I've got to believe it's coming. But uh, that there's been, but I'm, also, I'm getting a little nervous here because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, like you know what the answer is. Always oh, got to learn the system, got to learn his plays, got to learn learn his responsibilities. But like, there might be an easier way to do this, right? I I don't know. I will say this, and this kind of sets up for our next question here: is it doesn't matter who's running back in at running back. Um, you can have the great Walter Payton back there, Barry Sanders even. With this offensive line, it's going to be tough sledding <laughs> every single week. Doesn't matter. Who they're playing. Oh, so it sets us up for this. This is from DJ Headlamp on Twitter. I thought Sam Mustaford played relatively well against the Saints. Is there any chance they move Cody Whitehair to left guard and keep Mustaford at center? Also, I don't get why Rashad Coward, your guy, Kev, keeps getting playing time. Why has this coaching staff not given Alex Bars a shot? I was also impressed with Sam Mustaford. Um, you know, I think as a center, you just don't want to be noticed, right? And I didn't really notice him very much. Did you, John C? No, no. And, and for folks, when you check out that All-22 I posted, you'll notice the, the theme in some of the good pass plays was a really clean pocket for Nick Foles. Now, some of that was play design. It was a lot of uh, play fakes to Cordell Patterson that kind of worked um, in, in terms of where it sent the defense. But the pressure that came his way on those plays were coming from his right side. Um, now I, I haven't gone through all the all the sacks yet to see if I need to go on Mustafer, but I think it's a it's a viable option for them to consider. I will say this though, Johns, I really hate the idea of continuing to move white hair around. Like I just I, I just I feel for the guy that like you know now he's going to do it. He's obviously the ultimate team player. He's gotten his money, so it's it's fine. Um, but you'd love to see that them stop screwing around with him and just let him stay there. And the second part of the question, I hate to be flippant, but if the Bears thought Alex Bars was a better player than Rashad Coward, guess who would be starting? Alex Bars. Alex Bars. I mean, look, I, I saw a lot of promise from Alex Bars at different times in the preseason last year, and I know what he did at Notre Dame before his injuries, and I understand the, the difficulties that Rashad Coward's had out there, but like they were willing to have a guy play a position he's never played before over Alex Bars. Like that that's what they're telling you. That's that's just that's what they believe. There's your answer right there. Um my only thought on this is you put your best five out there, and if your best five is Cody White here at left guard, yeah. and Sam Mustafer at center, then you do it. This offensive oh, line needs to get going. It's it's a problem. It's all a problem. I'm with you on that. I do agree with that. I just um 
and look, it, it's hard to see them getting better without James Daniels. I thought he was one of the best. I thought he and Whitehair were the best performing guys. I, I, I'd, I'd probably even argue that he was number one. Um, I will say this, though. Again, I haven't dissected every play. I thought Charles Leno was all right on Sunday against New Orleans. I feel like he's always all right. But that's all. That's kind of what you need from him, right? Yeah, like I just, know. I know. Just be, just be, that's what he was in 2018. He was, He yeah. wasn't the dominant left tackle. He wasn't putting guys in their back. But he, he was solid, and he wasn't... He wasn't the reason for breakdowns. That's like all you ask out of him. Don't be the reason a play breaks down, whether it's a penalty or a guy beats you. And I thought, I thought for, from that aspect, from what I saw, you know, again, I got to go back and look at some of those sacks that, that Nick Foles took. But I thought, I thought Leno was okay. But I do understand the the need for people to start watching some offensive tackle prospects, and I would watch them as well for twenty twenty one. Time you're to good, grind in some tape, Jazzy. You're good at this. You're good at this. You know, good segue. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Kev, it's always good to look ahead. And, uh, you know, I, I do want to make one comment here. It's They are 5-3. and three. There's a lot of good football, I feel like, to still look forward to. But everybody loves the draft. Everybody's concerned about this offseason. The salary cap is going to be different. There's going to be tough decisions, obviously, coming up. So let's entertain these, these thoughts that we have out there. So this is uh, let's go with our first question here from Jacob Kraft. You have a high-level defense that you probably only have a year or two left with. Do you think the Bears trade up in the draft to get their QB? Zach Wilson would look nice in a Bears uniform. Well, listen, you know that I'm never going to say never when it comes to the Bears trading up for a quarterback. Here's my question to the question asker. What kind of car does Zach Wilson drive? (laughs) Come on. Look, I've got what uh, six months to make those jokes before, all the way until we get through the draft. Yeah, five months. Um, and I think I've heard it from you three times already. Yeah, I've, I, it's only it, November third. It, it's never old. Um, I, look, I, I think they need to draft a quarterback. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the problem with that is this idea of like I still don't know. I don't know if your best chance to be a playoff team next year is with a rookie quarterback as your starter i mean how many starting rookie quarterbacks take a team you go back to like big ben you know or it's just 
not a common theme. So I, I think they need it for the future. But if you're talking about like win now, um, uh, that's going to be the dilemma facing Ryan Pace is going to be there. The, this is still going to be a defense that can get you to the playoffs. Um, do you want to, you know, mortgage the future a little bit to get a quarterback who might not help you in 2021? Or do you get the offensive tackle who can start day one? You know, do you get the, the game breaking wide receiver who can start for you day one? And guess what? They might need a number one wide receiver. So Ooh. things to consider. I'm of the opinion that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and this could set all sorts of people off right now. I but I believe they're gonna get another crack at this. This time together. People forget that Ryan Pace did not have his hand picked head coach next to him when he selected Mitch Trubisky. I get I I really believe they're gonna get a chance to get to get another swing at that. But that doesn't make twenty twenty one like um learning year. They're still gonna be expected to win. Nick Foles is still under contract. I fully expect him to return as the as a starter next year. Um God, that's kinda of tough to say considering how, how he's been playing, but that, that's the way it sets up right now. Like Nick Foles and a potential draft pick. But but here's the conundrum and this this question comes from Lance our friend at best human talent on Twitter 2021 offseason would it be more efficient financially and team building wise to replace the problem pieces on the OL and draft a young QB or sign another veteran QB and draft young on the offensive line hmm well all right so I think you obviously have to consider the Dak Prescott scenario, right? Like he's he's the guy if you're going to go try to make a splash. Um, some, but some do you cap- have the money for that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got some major cap consideration. Like you can make it work. Obviously, it's just um, you're going to suffer in other spots. Like you you cannot do that and fix your offensive line in free agency. I I, I do think that it's tough because because the other thing too when you think about the offensive line in the draft is you keep hearing about the the, the transition these rookies have um, we have no idea what next year's offseason is going to look like you think about the college seasons a lot of these offensive linemen are going through um, it's different um, it's going to be a tough way to scout and to evaluate some of the, the offensive linemen that it already is a tough position yeah. to evaluate because of how different the offenses are in college so you know, I wonder if you're gonna if you're gonna put in resources at that position. If it's safer to spend the money on an offensive tackle or an offensive guard, whatever you, you know, wherever you go, like there are outs in Bobby. Ma- uh, is there an out in Bobby Massey? There might, is. There is. There's, there's an out in Massey's contract. I know there's an out in Leno's contract. You can move on if you want to. But man, and this is what I've been harping on with this team for a few years, Johnsy. This is what happens when you don't develop a tackle in your in your in your program, in your organization. Uh, you know, they have consistently not drafted offensive linemen. And they've just been like Massey, Leno, and a veteran backup, we're good to go. You had, if you'd used a third round pick on a tackle, now no guarantee that guy would become anything, but if you had him sitting there as your backup for a couple of years, and then he steps in for Massey last year, let's say, and, and is great, then you could move on and you have a cheap you know, reliable option to tackle, but they just, they've ignored the position. So when I was charting the, the Cleo Mac trade, um, I, I just love the layers of it and how draft capital is used. I, I know you and I are of, are of the same opinion. It's, it's just unique to see how teams kind of wheel and deal. So in this Mac trade, there are other trades of teams moving up specifically to go after offensive tackles. The Jaguars did it for Jawan Taylor, He's a starter for them. And the Bills later did it, like immediately after that, like three picks later, moved up to get Cody Ford. Now, those deals were with the Raiders, obviously, because they had the draft capital from that MAC trade. But again, that's a premium position. You have to address it high in the draft. In this case, the the Jaguars went up and got Jawan Taylor, and the Bills went up and got Cody Ford. I strongly believe the Bears' first pick in this coming draft should be an offensive tackle. So you're looking at something maybe in, what, the 18, the 22 range, something like that. I, I don't know, right? Like maybe 25 if, if there's a little run here, but it could be a good spot, not for one of the best quarterbacks, but still for one of the best offensive tackles. Rashawn Slater 
from Northwestern. He'll yes, be there. You're throwing out names. He'll be but there. He, but he opted out this year. How are you going to evaluate that again? That's true. You you look at what he did against Chase Young last year, my friend. Yes, he was good against no sacks, right? Yeah. So okay. you take a look right there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I think if you're going to get an offensive tackle that you want to be plug and play, you, you use your first round pick. That's how important that position is. Um, and, and look, if, if Matt Nagy's this quarterback guru, you would think you could find him a quarterback in the middle rounds that you could at least develop to be serviceable guy who, you know, you, you, you take your shot. And you know me, John Z, I am a draft a quarterback every year guy. And obviously Ryan Pace has not been. Um, and, and similar despite thing, despite what he said, despite what he said, similar thing with offensive tackle, right? If you had a, a quarterback sitting there in the wings when Mr. Bisky was struggling, when Jake Cutler was struggling, you know, like I remember back in 2016, uh, in the pre-draft process, studying Dak Prescott and writing about how, hey, third round pick, why not use it on a guy like Dak Prescott? Maybe he's your future after Jake Cutler, and they just year after year. And until Mitch, so you know that this that those things put you in this predicament. We know the hit rate definitely decreases on that quarterback after the first couple rounds. But if I'm the Bears, offensive tackle first round, quarterback second round. You know, you put that like in a piece of paper, like Vontae Mack. You, you put that in your 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 jacket pocket there. You just keep that in mind, Ryan Pace. Keep that in mind. All right, this question. Kev is from Matt Nagy's playbook. A lot of questions about that playbook, by the way, lately. Um, any fears on Trubisky potentially joining a team like the Vikings next season? He is more athletic, less turnover prone than Kirk Cousins, and Trubisky seems like he would thrive in an offense like the Vikings. It would be the most Bears thing to happen. Well, Johns, I texted you during the Rams game, and I said... No, you didn't text me. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> I texted you... 17 times in the first half, probably during the Rams game. And one of those texts was, look at what they're doing for Jared Goff. Play action, move the pocket. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to call them easy throws, but uh, not necessarily the highest level of difficulty because the routes are done so well and all that motion allows for these guys to be open. And all he's got to do is get the ball to his playmakers in space. And we talked about Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. You know, leaders in the league in yards after catch. And I kept watching this offense with the quarterbacks on the move. And you have play action. You have creativity with the wide receivers. And thinking, wow, I feel like Mr. Trubisky would be pretty good in this style of offense. That's my long, rambling way to say, yeah. I, I'm not going to say Mr. Trubisky is going to go be a Ryan Tannehill somewhere, um, necessarily. But he's got the athletic ability to do it. And, and I do think that there are offenses out there that can better suit him. So if you're, if you're a Bears fan... I think you might as well prepare for the possibility that you're going to watch a game of another team. I don't know if it's going to be the Vikings, but you're going to see a game of another team with Mitch Trubisky in that uniform looking looking different maybe than he did here. Uh, quarterbacks always get a second chance, always, especially ones taken in the first round. And you could debate whether or not Trubisky belonged in the first round, but I think some teams, most teams I would say, viewed him say favorably, highly, maybe not as good as Watson, maybe not as good as Mahomes, but the talent was there at least for the first couple of rounds, right? So, and if you don't have a quarterback, you're looking for a quarterback. So Mitch Trubisky will be that swing for another team to get it right. Maybe he takes a back seat for a year behind an older guy like Kirk Cousins. You know, maybe a guy like Tom Brady for another year. Like, there's going to be options out there for Mitch Trubisky because there's always options out there for quarterbacks. There always are. Later this week, um, I got an article exploring just this because it's a good week to do it, right? Ryan Tannehill facing the Bears. Look what he's doing with his second opportunity after things failed with the Dolphins. Better situation. Not everything's on his shoulders in Tennessee. He's a better football player. His, his numbers are immensely impressive. So quarterbacks always get another chance, especially ones taken in the first round. Another question here from at Beans. Hypothetical. If the team collapses instead of figuring out for the remaining weeks and the playoffs are missed, are jobs in jeopardy? Or does COVID essentially provide a pass year for the Bears brass members? You know, John's watching the third quarter was one of the first times I thought, is there an issue here with this team that they could go off the rails? 
you know, not necessarily Mark Trust from 2014 style. I think they, that, that, that group set the bar. But you see the penalties. You see the Javon Wims thing. You see the delays of game. But then they came back. They came back and forced overtime. I'm not trying to throw them, you know, roses for, um, you know, getting to overtime and losing. But this team still, this team, st- you know what the problem is now after Javon Wims? I hate you. I, I feel bad using the word this team fights for Matt Nagy. <laughs> I feel like we need a better word. They battle for Matt Nagy. I still, still think doesn't that, work. <laughs> yeah, it still doesn't work. They play hard for Matt Nagy. I still think they do. And so. I'm not ignoring the hypothetical. I just, I just want to point out, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, look, if they finish 5-11 and 11 or 6-10, and 10, I think, yeah, everything's up for grabs. I think you, you totally consider moving on from, from as many people as you can and starting over. Uh, but in general, I think this is still a team that can finish 9-7, and seven, even 10-6, and six, getting, sneaking in the playoffs, and everybody is fine. You'll see maybe a few position coach changes and um, and, and, and then, yeah, you'll move on to 2021 with generally the same decision makers in charge. Yes. Well, well, there are signs that a c- collapse can happen. I just don't see it. Uh, this defense is too good. The schedule lightens up. That those comeback wins, you know, in the first couple of weeks are going to be extremely meaningful um, by the end of this, I think. So, yeah, if you see... Like, if the Bears only win one more game the rest of the year, that means this team turned in on itself. That means Nick Foles got hurt. That Mitch Trubisky got hurt. That means there was a host uh, of different problems and Matt Nagy couldn't handle it. Right now, I think he can handle it. I, I think as frustrated as he sounds, I still think he keeps that locker room in a good place. He still has that defense to rely on, and they play for him. They really do. Those guys still gravitate towards him. They, they play on the opposite side of the ball, but they like him. They really do. Uh, that, that means something. It really does say the same was not true for Mark Tressman. As nice as a guy as he was, that locker room turned in and on itself almost. Um, even, like, even when they were winning, that locker room was not functioning properly. I don't see the same thing here unfolding right now. Um, so, yeah, there, there's signs of trouble on the field, but off it, I think they're in a good place. All right, here, here's a, a fun question. I don't know if it's a fun question. It's just a different question here to, to wrap this up, Kev. This is from Boom Shakalaka. On Twitter, handles a bit different, but I, I like what they what they use for their name. What's the process for officially defecting from being a Bears fan and becoming the fan a fan of a different team? I'm trying to think if I, I so I actually I have a friend who told me he's a he's a New York Knicks fan, been a diehard New York Knicks fan for as long as I've known him forever, and he told me he goes he's finally he's done he's done with the Knicks. Hates James Dolan, hates everything that's gone on with that franchise. So sick of the losing, so sick of the politics and everything going on there that he, and he's a big time NBA fan and he is defecting and he is choosing, I think, the Brooklyn Nets because <laughs> they're close. They're right there. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of anecdotally, like, it's possible. Like, look, I, I, have, I have a buddy who swore off the Baltimore Ravens a few years ago, really upset with how they handled, uh, some things when they when they had the um, Ray Rice with Ray Rice, yeah. So it's hard though when you're a Bears fan, right? I mean, you and I both grew up around here. You should be used to this. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing about the NFL: what are you gonna like? You're not gonna take on the Packers, right? So you're gonna go. You're gonna go, you're gonna go look in the AFC, right? Okay. Well, who's a who's an upstart young team with a great fan base? It's fun. Say like the Buffalo Bills, right? You know, they've shown some promise of late. Great, you know, great fans, great tailgates. Um, but then what, what happens when they start losing? Like, it's not, you know, if the Patriots are finally losing. You just, it's the NFL. You, you are, yes, the Bears seem to lose a lot more than other teams consistently. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the grass is not always greener, my friend. What I'll say is, at least specifically, for this year. It's the halfway point. They're still five and three. I know it doesn't feel like a good five and three, but it's better than being a losing team. They're still in the playoff hunt. They're in the hunt. In the mix. What's the word? In the hunt. In the hunt. They're in the hunt. And you know what? Focus on your fantasy team. That could be your team. Oof. Right? I don't know. Root or root for like I like I'm a I'm a kid of the nineties. Okay. 
The Bears were not good in the 90s. I, you know, I still watched Bears games, but I was, you know, I was a huge Randy Moss fan. I wasn't a Vikings fan, but I loved watching Randy Moss. You know, I can think back to, you know, I wasn't a Broncos fan, but I loved Elway. I loved watching John Elway. You know, there were different guys around the league. I was, I liked Zach Thomas a lot. I remember like being a big fan of watching Zach Thomas with the Dolphins. Um, and I Derek liked this Thomas because he was little. <laughs> there you go. And Derek Thomas with the Chiefs. Loved watching Derek Thomas. You know, so like there were guys like that that I just I, I had affinities for because there just weren't a whole lot of them here. Um, but I didn't like those teams. You know, just it's it's hard. So. I guess it's not really good advice to the question asker. Be a Just, fan of the NFL is what Kevin is saying. Yeah, well, get the Rob Lowe NFL hat. Wear that. Okay. Be a fan of the athletic. Yeah, oh, how's this, Kev? Podcast over. Who needs Hogue? Th- this is officially the start of the Johns and Hogue, maybe Hogue podcast, I want to say. Officially on record. 106 p.m. Central Standard Time in the city of Chicago. The Johns and Hogue podcast has a wrap. And, 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 and Fishman. Sorry. Johnsy, you did a great job driving this show. I think Hogue is uh, going to be proud of you. I think he's going to be a little nervous, you know, sitting there watching how well you uh, you handled no, things. No, well, in yourself, my friend, you brought your A game. Well, I, you, you know, said I, you're going to bring your C game, but I said the I was going to sandbag it, but I got into it. You know, look, this is a great distraction from everything else going on uh, uh, today. Uh, and I'll, you know what? Just for you, Johnsy, I got 10 seconds of Northwestern. Go ahead. The Cats are 2-0 atop the West, my friends. Pasadena, here we come. I like how you said that slow to make the, the 10 seconds work. I appreciate there you that. Go. Yeah. You time that. You practice that. We'll go for 40 seconds next week. Okay. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. All right. Well, that's it. Um, please subscribe to The Athletic. Again, that's The Athletic slash Hogan Johns. Rate and review the podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Adam Hogan will be back soon. Thanks to our producer, Kent. That's a wrap, everybody. Go out and vote if you haven't. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.